ahead on set. Rolling. Action. Hello. Hi. <laughs> welcome back to another episode of Encut, and welcome back to another movie review. Review this time of a movie that we already spoke a little bit about, and it's Thor: Love and Thunder. We had a spoilerless review, day of release review, but now it's been a little bit. I hope you all seen the movie, and now we can talk a little bit about spoilers. Today we actually have a special guest, James, here with us one more time. Hello, yeah, it's it's been quite a bit. The last episode I was on was Uncharted, and uh, it, it similarly to the Uncharted situation, you know, whenever you're going to talk about superheroes, I need to be there. Of course, it's <laughs> <laughs> a different kind of superhero this time. We're talking about Marvel, obviously the universe that has been taking the universe and <laughs> <laughs> with his horns and, and yeah i'm just really excited because i love i mean thor was my favorite superhero before doctor mm -hmm. strange came about and, okay. but he still has a really special place in my heart for sure just kill the bug of kate's um <laughs> what was it a fly it's still alive gross thanks I'm killing bugs on top of me don't mind me anyways yeah uh, I guess we'll start with a little bit of a recap of what the movie is about. Yeah, so I found a very long synopsis, but I also have a summary. <laughs> Which would you prefer? I'll I think take, the summary's yeah, summary's good. Summary, okay. So Thor's retirement is interrupted by a galactic killer known as Gore the God Butcher, who seeks the extinction of the gods. To combat the threat, Thor enlists the help of King Valkyrie, Korg, and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster, who, to Thor's surprise, inexplicably wields his magical hammer, Mjolnir. Is that how you say it? Mjolnir. <laughs> as the mighty Thor. Together, they embark upon a harrowing cosmic adventure to uncover the mystery of the God Butcher's vengeance and stop him before it's too late. The short and sweet. It's okay. From IMDb. Yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. So, how long ago did you see this movie, James? Uh, I saw it the weekend it came out. Okay. That was the last time I saw it. Yeah. Uh, it, this was actually pretty. Um, monumental in that it was one of the first marvel movies where i intentionally didn't see it opening night <laughs> okay did you see um, doctor strange opening night i did i went to go see doctor strange thursday the, for the thursday night premiere now why is um, it that you waited for thor i just wasn't interested in this at all wow really uh, the, the trailers made it look like absolute garbage mm -hmm. um in terms of the final product of the movie we can we can get into that when we get into the review segment but the trailers just made it look terrible. So, and, and that on top of my ever growing disinterest in the Marvel cinematic universe post end game, mm -hmm. like yeah. I, I've enjoyed a lot of the movies. No way home was really good. Multiverse mm -hmm. of madness had a lot of potential and a couple of like various other projects and Disney plus shows, but end game kind of capped off the book for me <laughs> to the point where these movies have kind of felt pointless. <laughs> Feels I mean, like the yeah. franchise should have ended already. So, mm. especially Thor, who hasn't had the best track record in the MCU in his mm -hmm. solo films. Oh, for right. sure. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ah, whatever. I'll just go see it when I can. And then we ended up having a spot open opening weekend. And I was like, yeah, oh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of complicated after Endgame because that's definitely like that's the end of this universe that we see. Mm. 
Uh, but that's what they're trying to do with like the new Avengers and the younger people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I feel like I can relate this a lot to what they do in the comics. I mean, the, the superheroes that we know come back in the comics time and time and time yeah. again. Yeah. Because of different reasons. I mean, multiverse or zombies and stuff like that. So I guess they're just trying to keep the cinematic universe alive by bringing all of these different superheroes in the comics that we don't know about in the uh, cinematic universe Mm -hmm. to the cinematic universe because they know that movie fanatics are not the same as comic fanatics that are like completely okay with not caring if the character dies because they know it's gonna come back period Mm -hmm. if this movie this movie was also pretty monumental in that this is one of the first times that the movies created a character that's not from the comics a, a significant character i should say which one? Um, Gore's daughter doesn't exist in the comics. Gore never had any kids. <laughs> so does he have any motive of doing stuff? I, I don't read Thor comic books. I learned okay. this from an outside source I was talking to about, or not talking to, I had watched about the film, um, that love is a completely made up character by Taika Waititi. It's also one of the first times they did this with a significant character in the MCU. Because they obviously some of those weird background characters and stuff are made yeah. up, whatever. Those don't matter. But the like the big front end people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that's really interesting, actually, because I feel like love was kind of what carried the entire uh, movie plot. Yeah. As to yeah. why this bad guy is doing what he's doing and mm-hmm. why what his motive is throughout the entire movie. I feel like his daughter is the only thing that actually made us care about him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Also, the opening scene yeah yeah i i think christian bale also did a really good job making us care about him mm-hmm. he was that he was, was definitely the, yeah wow. that's christian bale yeah he is one of the biggest highlights of thor love and thunder his performance as gore was way better than i could have ever expected mm-hmm. uh when they first said that he was going to be the character i was like oh he's i'm shocked he'd do more superhero stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> i thought he'd have his fill by now but you know he's he's a very hit or miss actor sometimes mm-hmm. um especially in the in the modern age so I, I was very pleasantly surprised by his performance as gore now what i think about this movie a little bit is that i like you can tell with the new movies that they're trying to bring a little bit more of comedy especially yeah. to thor well that's taika watiti's influence yeah for <laughs> sure yeah but i think it might be a little bit overdone yeah. I mean, they started with Thor back then when they made him uh, obese, uh, which, I mean, is the most accurate Thor to, me- to mythology that you can have in the Marvel, Marvel Universe um, as of right now. And we actually, I think we spoke a little bit about like how the new Thor in God of War is really close to mm. what actual Thor is in mm-hmm. uh, the mythology because he is really fat and actual <laughs> humans in like that are super strong the strongest humans are like really really big yeah uh, but i think they didn't do it to be close to what thor is in no mythology. They, they definitely did it for the comedy it was the punchline for sure oh, yeah. he was entirely the punchline for that movie bro thor was one of my biggest problems with endgame oh for I'm sure completely honest like it, and then he bro becomes Thor's this cool guy arc. at the end yeah <laughs> Well, barely cool guy. I was like weirded out seeing the beginning mm-hmm. of this movie where I was like, I don't understand this whole meditation mojo thing you've got Video going game. on. Video game nerd. Like you don't care about anything. He's 
I don't know. He was just being weird. Like I, I kind of expected a yeah. little bit of a change, obviously, from the end of Endgame to now, but I didn't think he'd be like a weird hippie guy. No, nah, just I was, uncomfy. I was actually telling Kate this about, and I was telling her the other day because she didn't know about Noob Master sixty nine and how he is Aaron yep. from a uh, Apple, the Apple Store. Mm-hmm. Yep. In what movie? What was it? We just watched Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, no, no, it was oh Captain America. Yeah, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah, Aaron from the Apple Store is Noob Master sixty nine, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. a guy that Thor plays against in the video games, and then he's been on like ad advertising that and stuff like that. Whole Fortnite scene yeah. frustrated me so <laughs> so much. I have nothing against Fortnite as a game. Mm-hmm. But that entire scene was so forced mm-hmm. and yeah. so, so unbelievably poorly written. And I think that's exactly where Thor's downfall started. I can agree with that. Character. Yeah. Every, every person in the theater definitely was really upset at the fact that this really cool character at the end of Infinity War or whatever is now just lame. See, I think... Yeah. What what became the problem was a lot of these dominoes were set up by Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. And I think because which is a great movie, I think. Yeah. Ragnarok was the best performing film in the the Thor trilogy at the time. Mm -hmm. I think they like forgot or like didn't realize what the part everybody liked was (laughs) about that. And instead just opted to go, Oh, Hey, you know, people liked it when we made Thor funny, let's just keep making him funnier. When I think they forgot that you also need to give him a good plot to go along with it, because mm. that's what saved yeah. Ragnarok from being too funny, was its down to earth plot. And I think they realized that they were not really being funny; they were just being absurd. How at the beginning of the movie Thor: Love and Thunder, they show this quote unquote epic um, section of the movie in which he's like exercising because he wants to get fit once mm. again. And he is now missing his girl and whatever. So it's like they're almost trying to get us back and and be like, I'm so sorry. We're trying to bring Thor back. But it just doesn't work. The narration's also weird. Oh, my God. I can't help stand any Korg. of that. Throughout no, this think, entire film, Korg is so annoying. <laughs> uh, I think it's funny. I, I like it. And I like him as a head. I, I, I think really, I think it's almost unfair to let the writer and director have his own character in the film and be like a main character. Mm-hmm. Like, how can that be fair? Because Korg is voiced by Taika Waititi. He yeah, has been since his introduction in Ragnarok. Um, I just, I had that thought leaving the theater. I was like, wait, they let him have a full main character role and completely dictate everything he does and says. Yeah. That's too much power. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really mm-hmm. like Korg from the get-go and uh, I think it was Ragnarok when he was it in was jail. It was Ragnarok. Uh, when they were in jail together. I think he was a really funny character. His personality kind of fit with this, uh, what is it, the thing from mm-hmm. Fantastic Four? Yeah. Uh, I think it fit. I think it was nice. Uh, and I feel that if Thor was normal Thor from Thor Ragnarok, which is funny two times per, two times per movie, and the rest is just really cool. Mm. And Korg was the funny uh, comedic relief of the entire movie. That would have made it so much more successful. Yeah. Which I find that they did get it back to doing about f- 
I think it was about 40 minutes to an hour and when yeah. they got to the shadow dimension and everything got black and white mm-hmm. when for a second there. Like that's when the movie was like, oh wait, now we're gonna take ourselves seriously. And yeah, like the rest of the plot's gonna be, you know, what you would expect it to be. And that's the point where I actually started enjoying the film. Because mm-hmm. I I was sitting through the the entire like opening 30 to 40 minutes going like, oh my god, is this gonna <laughs> be the whole thing? I was like, do I really have to sit through the rest of this? <laughs> Now we saw this movie in 3D IMAX. Oh, did you? I yeah. saw it in the Dolby Cinemas at AMC, which is just the, the big fancy 4K ones. Mm. Well, let me tell you something. 3D, I didn't feel it. It felt yeah. like it was uh, completely useless. It did nothing. I believe I, that. I kind of forgot that it was 3D. Yeah. There's a reason the 3D fad died yeah. a couple of years ago. It's <laughs> it's pretty much useless in most. I want to do 4D. 4D would have been cool. I think there's a couple of scenes that 4D. I think be. the only movie that should ever be in 3D is Avatar. Oh, that's because it be cool. makes yeah. sense. That is the only film. That's going to be cool. Yeah, because Avatar's only value is looking good. So if you're exactly. not watching it on a 3D IMAX screen, <laughs> Honestly. you're not going to get anything from the film because otherwise mm-hmm. it's just a really boring generic sci-fi film. Yeah. <laughs> now, what do you think about the coming along of Mighty Thor? I really liked Natalie Portman's performance mm-hmm. here. I was actually shocked how much effort she put into the role, considering how much she claims to have disdained being a part <laughs> of the Marvel Cinematic Universe shortly after she left in um, Thor The Dark World. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently it was Taika Waititi that convinced her back. Mm-hmm. But um, oh. she she just gave a really good performance. And, and Mighty Thor is something, obviously, that's existed in the comics for mm-hmm. a while now. And I, I actually kind of liked the way that they did it. I liked that they gave her actual stakes. Mm-hmm. And I, I was reading, I, I skimmed the Wikipedia article just to refresh myself again before we recorded this, because obviously it's been a bit. And I, I didn't realize the whole breast cancer storyline was actually from the comics. Oh. oh and I'm wow. happy they they chose not to shy away from that kind of stuff, because I, mm-hmm. I really feel like it gave the serious emotional depth that this film needed mm-hmm. and was very much missing. Yeah, that was actually like... It was it was hard seeing her die at the end. For mm. sure. Huh, spoiler alert. <laughs> well, this was the spoil filled review, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> now, on that note, I feel like okay, I want to hear what do you guys think about the whole thing with uh, Mjolnir and I don't know the axe. I don't know the name. Uh, Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker. The, how the they have how they have personalities in uh-huh. their jealous and and yeah. What do you think about that? I think it was funny the first time. Yeah. And then they just kept using it and they wouldn't <laughs> let it go. And, and I, I really feel like it got overused. Like, I will completely admit one of the one of the early scene jokes that did get me is when I think they're in like the town hall of New Asgard. And, and Stormbreaker he's like, looks at him. Yeah, he's like longingly looking at Milnir in, in Jane's hand and Stormbreaker just comes off camera and is like <laughs> that staring was at him. That I was pretty funny, but I kind of wish the joke ended there. Yeah, because yeah. then on the on the ship, it was like, okay. That was stupid. Whatever. That, that was such a dumb conversation. You're talking to a tree. Yeah. Like, I, I, get, <laughs> I get the idea that they were going for like the, the Stormbreaker has life because it's a broken off limb of Groot. But I have forgotten like it, it is still it was a little too much. A couple of mm-hmm. the, the references to it needed to be cut. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Now, what happened with Mjolnir in general of it breaking uh, back in Ragnarok, I believe it was. 
Yeah. And, and then coming back now as like this hammer that can completely break apart to kill different enemies at the same time and then come back together. I think that was sick. Mm-hmm. I think that was I think cool. that was pretty cool. I don't read Dora comics, so I have no idea if that's from the comics or if that's a thing that happens, but mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. But I think that's actually something that not many people talk about. Marvel Cinematic Universe did a great job making accessible something that many people don't usually go to, which is comics. Like I don't read comics mm-hmm. in general. Uh, yet I can understand every single part of the universe because they're not trying to target the specific audience of comic fans, which I think is what DC was kind of doing at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't know if DC knew what they were doing at all. <laughs> I don't know if DC knows what they're doing right now. <laughs> we could, I, 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 and maybe this could be a separate episode. I want to talk about the Batgirl controversy at some point. Ooh, okay. I heard about that. Yeah, we could talk yeah. about that on a later day. But yeah, I think... I appreciate the the care that they put into care, quote unquote, that they put into the plots mm-hmm. of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how they have a whole, I think it's up to seven or eight. I think it's up to eight phases mm-hmm. right now that they have planned out. Uh, six. Six. The, oh, the, okay. With the new San Diego yeah, Comic-Con announcements. I knew it was um, It goes up to phase six. So uh, phase four, which is where we are right now, is going to end with Black Panther in November. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then phase five is going to start with Ant-Man and Quantumania next year. And it'll end with, um, oh, I can't, I can't remember which one it's going to end with it, but then phase six is fantastic four and the mm-hmm. two Avengers movies. I'm excited for that. Uh, the two new Avengers movies. Yeah. It's actually funny because I, I, th- I think it was you Kate that had texted me that you wanted to talk about, like where the MCU is going and evolving and where it mm-hmm. is now kind of thing. And the answer that I would have given to you then, if we had talked about it when you had initially texted me, uh, would have been completely different than how I feel about it now with the oh, San really? Diego Comic-Con announcements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Cause seeing the San Diego Comic-Con announcements really reignited my belief yeah i think we all got hyped Hmm. yeah i think it was a high moment part of me really felt like they never intended to go past endgame Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like the endgame was all they had planned and that was it they were and then they could have never expected when they planned out endgame let's say even 15 years ago that like they could still keep going after that. Right. <laughs> and that's and why so, I think this phase is a little bit rough on the edges mm-hmm. because they had to kind of come up with it on the fly. But they've I really had more think time. They've spent the last couple of years scrambling, trying to figure out something else to do. Yeah. And In the meantime, yeah. For a while from like Spider-Man Far From Home to where we are now with Thor Love and mm-hmm. Thunder and all that really felt like they a had no surface. direction. Mm-hmm. yeah they had no direction they were just making movies to make movies mm-hmm. because they had to because it's the expected thing of them and yeah, i feel like all of these movies were like a fan service starting with yeah you know, spider-man and right well because yeah. it's one of those things where like now they've got such a loyal fan base that might not even be fans of marvel comics anymore they might just be fans of the mcu and have been around since mm-hmm. iron man in 2008 it's been mm-hmm. long enough now that people are old enough to be <laughs> like full-fledged full, like like lifelong fans at this point um and i think now this is the time to start pushing the limit a little bit more which is what they tried to do with multiverse of madness and no Mm -hmm. way home 
but without one centralized task or plot or villain it made it a little bit all over the place and it was mm-hmm. kind of hard to watch in terms of like yeah multiverse of madness and no way home connect into one big storyline but then like it really just felt like they were just making things because they didn't know what to make <laughs> yeah but now with the announcement of kang and secret wars it really feels like they've concreted what the next couple phases are going to be and they know what they're doing now so maybe the movies will start having a little bit more substance mm-hmm. now it's kind of interesting because um looking back at because we're re-watching every single marvel movie right now oh are you yeah, yeah. in order like chronological order yep oh are you and going like in 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 like in universe timeline order yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. okay yeah so it kind of feels like they had a lot planned out yeah because in many of these movies actually you can see celestials like yeah. in, in uh, whatchamacallit, Guardians of the Galaxy, there mm-hmm. is a celestial in Galaxy. Well, yeah, Nowhere yeah. is the head of a celestial. Yeah. Exactly. Not to mention Ego is also a celestial. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like this is something that they kind of felt like they probably were more like, if it happens, it happens. And it does, if it doesn't pan out, no one's going to care because they were there for one second. Well, so I think it's they had like a very rough concept Mm-hmm. of where they might want to go afterwards but really i don't think anyone could have ever planned yeah for it to make it like what mm-hmm. i had it open on the wikipedia page what uh, i think this is the 29th movie in the mcu mm. <laughs> thor wow. love and thunder like how could you possibly ever expect <laughs> your franchise is going to last that long mm-hmm. <laughs> now i'll ask for who do you think it will be but I'm going to give my take on who I think is going to be the next big character, big enemy, big bad guy. I think, and I am really excited to see Galactus and Silver Surfer. I think they save Galactus until Secret Wars. Mm. But for yeah, now, yeah, yeah. we'll be dealing with Kang the Conqueror. For sure. Hmm. Uh, Kang the Conqueror is their next big um, overarching villain because he's already been introduced in Loki. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, he was he was he who remains at the end of the show mm-hmm. um, when they were at like the end of time they called him something different but that's King the Conqueror uh, he'll be showing up as the main villain of Ant-Man and um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania at the beginning mm-hmm. of next year wow. uh, now, and is then, King the Conqueror in any other movie because I feel like he's really recognizable I feel like I've his, seen him his first named true appearance is in Loki as he who remains but mm-hmm. honestly he might have been sprinkled about and they might have been setting him up from the beginning. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> For all we know, he could have been in other films, but I feel like I would have seen that on the internet by now. Somebody would have pointed it out. But uh, the first one he was rumored to be in was Quantumania. Nobody expected him to be in Loki. Mm. But I knew he was coming the second they entered time travel. <laughs> like once once time travel got introduced to the MCU, I was like, okay, Kang's next. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think the Watcher is going to have anything to do in the upcoming phases? Oh, definitely. Uh, okay. The Watcher the Watcher is going to have a lot to do with Secret Wars, I'm sure. Because mm-hmm. um, Secret Wars in the comics is when two multiverses end up crashing into each mm-hmm. other, what they call in, in Doctor Strange an incursion, which is also from mm-hmm. the comics. Um, and that's obviously where they're heading with this. I think the Watcher is going to be a big part of that. And I think Galactus is going to get either teased at the end of Fantastic Four or just dropped on us <laughs> mm-hmm. in secret wars now something that i find interesting as well as we leave a little bit uh, thor on the side uh, for a moment is that 
in Multiverse of Madness, we see different Doctor Stranges, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. Strange, and most of them look the same. But if you look back at when they're going through like a bunch of universes at the time, you see like the, the, the paint one and mm-hmm. these different ones that don't look like him. But for the most part, the main Doctor Stranges that you see, they look the same. Now, if you go to Loki, Loki's that you see in different multiverses, yeah, uh, they look all different. So I think this opens up the opportunity and the chance for you to see the whole universe and how you're going to mm-hmm. have Stephen Stranges that look completely alike or completely different. Mm-hmm. And that's going to happen with every single character. Well, I think it's going to be an interesting take. Yeah, and I think this there was something like in universe too that the ancient one says in the first Doctor Strange where he's like the one true sorcerer supreme or something along those lines. Hmm. So it would make sense that Stephen Strange is the sorcerer supreme in almost every multiverse because he's supposed to be like the one and true. Okay, <laughs> sorcerer that actually supreme doesn't make a lot of, of sense. It's nice because um, you got to re- remember even in the one universe that we we see in Multiverse of Madness with a different sorcerer supreme. He's mm-hmm. taking over for Stephen Strange, who died. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, same with our current MCU. Wong only took over because they thought Strange died at the end of mm-hmm. Infinity War. So, um, yeah, I think it's something like that. But it is an interesting thing, like you mentioned, of being able to see, like, different alternate versions of the characters. I mean, same with um, Spider-Man, for example. Yeah. And I, I think... This goes one uh, goes a couple of different ways in that they're using it for fan service, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because now they can do stuff like No Way Home, where they can pull in Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield mm-hmm. and etc. Um, and have them make cameos in this. But I also think they're using it as a really helpful filmmaking tool. In that now, if a movie bombs or underperforms, bring boops, a good it's in another multiverse. <laughs> Time to bring another actor in and try again. I want to see Johnny Depp as Captain America and The Rock (laughs) as Doctor Strange. I don't know. Listen, I was so disappointed we didn't get to see Tom Cruise as Iron Man in multiple. Oh, my goodness. Uh... (laughs) Well, so he was signed on to be Iron Man in 2008 and had to leave because of a scheduling conflict with Mission Impossible 3. Mm -hmm. So Robert Downey Jr. ended up becoming him instead. I mean, good for him. But there was a pretty good chance that Tom Cruise was going to be Iron Man. So when it came time that they were teasing the Illuminati in Multiverse of Madness, one of the members of the Illuminati is Iron Man. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of speculation on whether or not if they were going to go there. Tom Cruise <laughs> or they were going to have Robert Downey Jr. come back briefly. I think the Illuminati is a really interesting thing that's going to happen in the upcoming movies. I was so I thrown off about that. was pretty disappointed in the lineup that they chose to go with. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> For the Illuminati. Like Black I mean, Bolt, Captain Carter, girl. Yeah. I'm so yeah, sorry. Right? <laughs> yeah. Black Bolt makes complete sense. He's always yeah. in the he's always in the Illuminati. Same with Professor X, same with Mr. Fantastic. Those three make complete sense. Sorcerer Supreme, yeah. That okay, makes sense too. It, yeah. Doctor Strange is almost always in the Illuminati. Captain Marvel? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. come on, guys. <laughs> Captain Marvel. She doesn't Captain belong Carter. There. Like and neither does Captain Carter. As much as I love Captain mm-hmm. Carter, and as much as it was like absolutely amazing to see Haley Atwell mm-hmm. be like a live action version of her, she didn't deserve to be there. <laughs> uh, What's the, the two, name? Continue. Oh, uh, the two characters that should have taken the place of Captain Marvel and Captain Carter should have been um, Submariner and Iron Man. 
should have been the two or a mm-hmm. Black Panther. It could have been a Black Panther oh, too. They didn't want to do cool. Submariner. It didn't even need to be. Obviously, it couldn't be Chadwick Boseman at this point. Mm-hmm. But it could have been anybody as the Black Panther. But the Black Panther is a staple member of the Illuminati because mm. the whole point of the Illuminati is you're supposed to have a representative from like every major team and city and like oh. or, or like area in the MCU so that they can discuss like worldwide events. <laughs> so I have two like, questions before we go to conclusions. Yeah. Do you think we're gonna see John Krasinski again? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh he's been the Jim. fan casting since the second that Fantastic Four was even considered in the MCU. Nice. And his fan reception in Multiverse of Madness was insane. So yeah, he's definitely I mean, it was a hype moment for sure. Yeah. Uh there's currently a rumor circulating around that um, I believe his name is Anthony Starr. He was Homelander in the boys. Mm. Uh is going to be Doctor Doom oh. being uh being revealed in Wakanda Forever this November first. <laughs> that would okay. be interesting. So I think that'd be interesting. I think he'd be a good Doctor Doom. Definitely better than Fan Four Stick in 2015. But mm-hmm. anything could be better than that. <laughs> and now going back to Thor, do you think we're gonna see different Thors from different multiverses? It's possible. I mean, we still haven't seen Beta Ray Bill. I would have really expected to see him at some point. He's mm-hmm. he's another person that wields Milnir in the comics. At okay. a certain point, but I, I do believe that we'll see more of Thor because even Chris Hemsworth was like, I will play Thor for as long as Taika Waititi is involved. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm really excited for Hercules. Hmm. I gotta say, I was hyped. I, I That's like one of the only things that I know from the comics, and I'm really yep. excited to see Hercules. Come. I'm really excited to see him here. I'm actually shocked that he's here mm-hmm. because this is really bad timing. Why? Uh, Marvel just lost the publishing rights to Hercules. Oh. So like unless they bought it back and I didn't see that like they they like they paid out the contract again maybe. But like it, it seems interesting to introduce somebody into your films that you can't make comics about. Oh that's crazy. <laughs> you just know um, all the deep dirt on the I, I, <laughs> I read a lot of entertainment news. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the big things was the original like rights holder to Hercules the character and hmm. like stuff like that just like the contract just ended and reverted back to them. So Marvel could have just bought it again for all I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems likely, especially if they were going to introduce him here. Yeah. But I thought he'd be introduced in city of Atlantis and uh, not city of Atlantis city of Olympus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was nice to see him in the after credit scene, but I wasn't expecting the after credit scene. <laughs> oh, one other thing on that note of mm-hmm. Olympus seeing Sustai, I think that was a bit quick. I think they should have mm-hmm. taken Sus more to the limit think i'm sure all that was is they just didn't want to pay russell crowe more money i know but it was misuse of a character i think sus could have been a great character love with thunder love i mean god of thunder god of um what is it he's the god of light lightning but in light god of lightning and god of thunder together would have been great more together that whole scene in general was just weird yeah that that whole scene was very very odd and i think they only brought them to the city of olympus purely so that they could have the payoff of the after credit scene of Hercules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel Definitely. like that's the only thing that they <laughs> that they did that for. And now it's funny. I, I fully understand why Hercules just joined the Guardians of the Galaxy in the last comic run. Really? So, yeah. I'm sure he's going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 too, more than likely. Because nah. um, they, they, not the most recent Guardians of the Galaxy. There's been, there's been another one since then. But the last one I read 
they were on the floating city of Olympus and Hercules helps them like get off and stop Zeus. <laughs> mm. So wow. I, now I understand because there's always the concept in Marvel where they introduce a concept into the comics first, or mm-hmm. if it didn't already mm-hmm. exist, and then they do it in the movies. <laughs> now that's really interesting <laughs> because that. Hercules is going to be sent to find um, Thor, Thor. Mm-hmm. and yeah. Thor is really close to Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. So that'll, that'll be make interesting. a lot of sense. Yeah. For sure. Well, any final comments on the movie or the conversation in general before we go? I'm excited to see where the MCU goes, but they I feel like they only have a couple of mid-grade movies left in me before I completely lose interest. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll be here again in, what is it, December? Talking about November, November. for Wakanda November. Forever. Wakanda Which forever. we need to see opening day. I am sure that that's I'm not going to be a flop. Night. I don't yeah. think it's going to be a flop. That trailer, impeccable. And seeing, the trailer really surprised me. Yeah. What's the I name of the it. guy? The okay. the new superhero. That I know. That's his name. Asinamore. The King of Atlantis. Yeah. Yeah, the Submariner. Which funny story is that in the co- he came before Aquaman. Oh yeah. So Aquaman is actually a copy of him, which I find he beat Aquaman, I think, by like a year. Yeah. They're very close together. People think it otherwise. And yeah, I, I am. It's actually the introduction of the Submariner and Cinemore that made me interested in Wakanda Forever. Without because like mm-hmm. it's it's hard to get excited about a Black Panther movie without Chadwick Boseman. Honestly, yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know it's gonna be a good conversation to see how he is now Aztec, and we're gonna talk about the new uh, Black Panther and how everything went about and how Marvel tried to fix this <laughs> uh, almost impossible issue to fix. But that will be for another episode. <laughs> yeah for right now thank you so much james for being here and thank yeah, you so course. much for everyone listening i think it's been great anything else you want to say i'm good i'm happy i'm, I'm all excited. good all right james do you want to do us the honor yeah wait wait, wait. before wait be, before oh. we go <laughs> uh, where can people on. follow you uh oh so um my primary channels at the moment are um dueling dragon entertainment and james house of rock um james house of rock's easy it's just at james house of rock <laughs> uh dueling dragon entertainment is uh dueling underscore dragon underscore ent <laughs> um pretty easy to find i think i you guys are following me and i'm following you yeah. so just check the follows of Ancut. <laughs> you should already be following them on instagram <laughs> you, can, you can follow so. us if you haven't at Ancut the podcast and you can follow me on Instagram at Sewas Alep. And you can follow me at Kate Johnston62. That's it from us today. And we'll see you next time. Do the honors, James. Uh, and, and cut. 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 Woo. <laughs> Success. I could go on forever about the future of the MCU. <laughs> I know, me too.